Well, hello there. Fancy meeting you here. My name is Tommy Jones, and this is my podcast. So let's take a few minutes, talk about life, and we will see where we end up. Welcome to Off the Cuff. I'm glad you're here. Welcome back, guys. I am so glad to spend a few minutes with you today. Man, I, I got to tell you guys, I am um, coming to you today again from, uh, if you listen to part one of this season, I am at a friend's lake house, and she allowed me to come up here for a, just a time of reflection and study, and so that's what I've been doing the last 24 hours. And now it's morning. Uh, it's early. I'm sitting at this table, which has a window, which overlooks Greer's Ferry Lake. I'm having a cup of coffee, and what an incredible way to start my day. I feel super, just super privileged to, to be sitting here and super alive as I just look out on the glory of God. It's early in the morning right now. Let's see what time is it. It's, it's 7.07. I think we're going to get some snow today. The sun is just coming up. Oh, my goodness gracious. Moments like this. And so I, I wanted to take this moment. Some of you guys have been sending me some stuff that you wanted me to talk about in the podcast. And, and one of my, one of my uh, longtime favorite listeners, a friend of mine named Ed, sent me a message wanting me to talk about the sovereignty of God. And it, this is one of those subjects, man, I mean, it's just so, it's so multifaceted, so deep, so much bigger than my little brain can possibly understand. This, honestly, subjects like the sovereignty of God are probably best left to people like N.T. Wright, maybe C.S. Lewis, or even Tim Mackey. Uh, But I'm going to take a crack at it just to give my understanding. But I also want to say that my understanding is going to be based heavily on readings from N.T. Wright and Tim Mackey because it's such a massively interesting conversation. People say all the time, people throw around this term, God is in control because God is sovereign, meaning all-powerful. That's actually like a royal terminology, a kingly terminology, the sovereignty. It it's, means he's the most powerful person all the time. So God is in control. And so we believe that God is in control. But does the fact that he's in control mean that he is controlling everything going on? I mean, you think about like a, a parent. If I'm in uh, the room or not in the room. If I'm not in the house, I'm still in control because I have set the rules and parameters, but I'm not controlling every single movement of my child because my desire is to raise children who are flourishing and making good decisions on their own. And so although I'm in control, I'm not controlling. And I'm not trying to, I mean, it's even, it's such a weak comparison because we have no comparison to God. I mean, you could say the, the speed limits in some sense exert control over my driving, but they're not controlling my driving, and I'm willing to bet they're not controlling your driving either because although there are controls in place, they're not actually physically controlling everything you do. Uh, I think as we read the story of the Bible, we come away with a very complex understanding of the sovereignty of God. I think you should, I mean, you go back to Genesis. You go to the Genesis story, and what you see is God gives them a choice. So God gives humanity from the very beginning of time a choice. God says, you know, you can have anything you want. Don't eat from this tree. And what we seem to see is humanity choosing something that unleashes evil into the world. Uh, Humanity makes 
a choice that causes problems. And so the, it seems to be, as, as I read the Bible, that, that God has created a world where God gives humans in the world this moral freedom to choose. And we have the freedom to worship God, and we have the freedom to worship idols. And so there's brokenness in the world because humans, like you and I, have misused our freedom. And so God was not controlling the choice when Adam and Eve chose evil, nor is God controlling the choice when I choose evil, but it doesn't mean that God's not in control. <laughs> it's so weird. He's very much in control. You seem to have, you know, there's sort of two lines of thinking on this, it seems like. Well, let's take the two extremes. One extreme thinking is that God is a puppet master, or, or, or like that God is actually moving everything, controlling everything, and every single thing that happens is a direct result of something that God has called into play. It'd be like if God was writing a play. This is actually the example that Mackey used, that God was Shakespeare, and he has written a play, and all we are doing is simply acting out what's already been written for us. And so every single thing we do was a predetermined desire of God. And, and so some people believe that. The problem with that is if you follow that far enough, you have to eventually believe that God ordained evil, that God, uh, you know, predestined us to choose evil when the Bible specifically says in the book of James that God never tempts us, that God does not tempt us, that God is in no way causing temptation. And so I, I don't think if, you, if you're really going to read the Bible, you can come away believing that God is actually manipulating every single move we make. So although God is in control, he's not controlling every single thing that happens. And there's another side of, of this view that seems to sort of believe that God just pushed a button and stepped away, right? That God set things into motion and that he stepped away and that God is simply sitting back and one day he's going to respond to all the moves that humanity's making, that maybe God's, he's limited his own knowledge or he's not even aware of what we're doing. And so it's like this big you know, game where one day God is going to make his move, but for the next however many thousand years we're making our moves and God is unaware of them, and one day he will just simply respond. I don't think that's true either, because we see that God actually injects himself into the story. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the story of the cross. That's the story of the, of the crucifixion, is that God is not sitting back uh, unaware of everything that's happened, but God has injected himself into our story, that God is very much present, that God uh, inserted himself as a human for the purpose of redeeming the sin and the brokenness that happened in the world because of human choice, not because of things that God was controlling. And then, and then the, the, he's given us his spirit so that you and I are now empowered to not live as slaves to sin. Rather, we have uh, the God-empowered free will to make righteous decisions that are bringing about the rule and reign of God into the world. But even if we make the wrong choice, God's will will still come to pass. Why? Because he's still in control. Um, you read, I, let, me, let me check Isaiah 40 real quick. Hold on, give me one second. I'm uh, looking up Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40 says this is, it's comfort for God's people. And it says, um, let me start with verse 3. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight the desert, a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, 
and rough ground shall become level. The rugged place is a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out, and I say, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and their faithfulness is like flowers of the field. The grass withers and falls, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely people are grass. Now, let, let, let me go down for just a minute here. There's something else I want to be, uh, get to. Oh, it's verse 10. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. His reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Okay, so that, that would indicate, and we see this all throughout the Bible, that God is present with us, that he's among us, that he's guiding us, that he's teaching us, that he's leading us. And we believe he's doing that through the Spirit, but he's not controlling us. I mean, God could have, after, after Adam and Eve, he could have just said, you know what, forget this. This, this did not work. I'm going to wipe them out, and now I'm just going to create a world full of robots who have to do everything I want them to do. But I don't think that's the story. I think that's the story. I think this, it's a story of a God who gives us choice. And so we're always, you know, we say, well, I know God is in control. I know God is in control. Yes, he's in control. But it doesn't necessarily mean he's controlling every single situation. It doesn't necessarily mean he's manipulating every single situation. Now, here's the other strange thing. No matter what happens, his will, his, his, his divine will for the earth, his, his will for his rule and reign, thy kingdom's going to come no matter what we do. So he's working through us in spite of us. As a matter of fact, he's even working through our broken, poor choices to bring about his perfect will. How that works, man, I have no idea. You need to find somebody way smarter than me. So he, but I mean, it's, there's an interesting conversation in, where is it? I think it's, it's Mark, it's Mark 10. In Mark 10, 35, uh, James and John, they come to Jesus and they say, Teacher, uh, we want to sit at your right hand and your left hand. And Jesus says, man, in verse 38, Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink from the cup? <laughs> and they're like, we can. And, and then in, G, in 41, Jesus says something really interesting. He says, actually it's in 42, Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Meaning, the rulers of this world, they exercise by controlling everything. But then he says, not so with you. Instead, who want, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Interestingly enough, the sovereignty of God was displayed not by God controlling every single movement of humanity, but by God redeeming all of humanity by giving up his life to redeem the poor choices humanity made. I mean, it's, it's super interesting. And so, man, I, yes, God is in control. Absolutely. In the end, God's rule and reign will come to pass. God has a good and perfect plan, and he has been working it out over time. But I do not believe that God is controlling every single situation. 
Now, does God occasionally intervene into the world and purposely manipulate something? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think there are miraculous moments. I think there are uh, moments where God may discipline us or, or God may, uh, you know, redirect us. And it's just super clear and it's God's hand twist. But I also think God allows things to happen inside of the world. God uh, allows um, God allows us to experience the outcomes of our poor choices. But as we experience those outcomes of our choices, that's not God manipulating something or controlling something or puppeting something. That's not us living out the, the, the steps in the play that God has written. That's us being human and failing. But then we see a God who is in control coming in. Because the beauty of a sovereign God is he's never surprised by our failures. He's not rocked by our failures. Uh, he's not, you know, sitting on the edge of his seat going, oh, no, what am I going to do now because of our failures? Because he's always in control. And so even as, as we fail, even as we um, experience the consequences of our poor choices and our moral failures, God is still in control and he's still working all things for his good, for his glory. And so I, I just don't feel like it's a simple answer. It's fun to talk through over a cup of coffee on a beautiful morning, I can tell you that. As I look out over the, this sky and over this uh, gorgeous lake, I do know that God is in control. I also know that he's given me the ability to choose how I will spend this day. That I can spend this day uh, serving him and worshiping him, or I can spend this day uh, chasing my own things. I think that's why the Bible says, choose this day who you will serve, because I have a choice. That God is not controlling all of my choices. But as I look out over this beautiful uh, scenery and as, as I, I just uh, am in awe by all of creation, why would I want a plan that wasn't his? Why would I want to serve anyone that wasn't him? Why would I not want to be part of this plan? Uh, why would I not want to be used by this beautiful creator God instead of just being something God has to go around <laughs> to accomplish what he wants? It's interesting. What a beauty, though, to know that the plan doesn't depend on me being perfect, and, and nor am I being controlled by someone. I'm, I'm free to choose him. I'm free to choose to worship him. I'm free to choose. Uh, but even when I fail, he's still in control. And so God is sovereign. He's all-powerful. He is completely in control. He holds the whole world in his hand. Yet I'm free to choose. And how those two things work together may require more than one cup of coffee. <laughs> I don't know, man. But it's fun to think about. I love you guys. I hope you have a wonderful day. Um, I hope you understand that God is very much present with you. And he cares about you. And he's given us the power to choose him and to choose righteousness. Uh, he's destroyed the chains of sin over our lives. But even through your failures... God's good and perfect will will still come to pass. Because when you and I lose control, God still has it. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful thing to think about. All right, I'll see you next time. Jones out. <laughs>